This is a detail podcast. If you live anywhere in Northeast Indiana and would like to try great craft beer for a very special price, you need to check out Chapman's Brewing online beer ordering service. Go to shop.chapmansbrewing.com, choose any of their excellent beers, and get this. They will deliver a growler or two or three right to your front door. The best part? Just for being a loyal Drinkin' Geek Out listener, you can get 15% off your total purchase. 15% off! All you do is use the coupon code DIGO15, that's D-I-G-O-1-5, when you check out. Get Chapman's Beer delivered for 15% off, now at shop.chapmansbrewing.com. It's a limited time offer, so don't wait. Never give up, never surrender. (laughs) (laughs) That was my best Tim Allen. Oh yeah, the tool. That was amazing. The tool man. I was expecting you to be like to infinity and beyond. Uh, <laughs> nope, even further, even further back. In the late '90s, there was a fictional movie starring real actors playing fictional actors of a fictional TV show from the '80s that were mistaken for factual TV show by a group of aliens who think it is a historical document. You with me so far? The actors are then forced to essentially become the characters they are playing in order to save the aliens, which leads to a revival of the fictional TV show, which has now become factual. Today we're talking about Galaxy Quest. That <laughs> that's actually crazy to think about, like how is fake then real, and then they started the next series, but that's supposed to be fake, but it's actually real. <laughs> yeah, I was really high when I watched it last weekend, so <laughs> so I was just like, it's real now. Like this new show at the end is real. It's now it's real. Yeah, <laughs> it's a documentary. All right, hello and welcome, everyone. To drink and geek out, a show where we drink beer and geek out. Computer. Uh, I am your host, <laughs> Dustin. Alongside me is. This is Saf, and with me is. Keith, and with me is. Pale, and with me is. Myself and a sleeping child. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really have a sleeping it, child over there with is you? Is he on the couch? Um, there is a sleeping. He's in the corner. <laughs> he, I just put the playpen um, up. I put him, stuffed him in. We, well, there's a there's a little cabinet like in the corner back here, and oh, I just open the door, and I I just put him in there with a, a blanket couple and pillow, and I I close the door, and um, if he needs me, he knows where I'm at. I'm right, I'm right here. He could be in Narnia. I don't know if you've checked Ooh. on him recently. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not a wardrobe, right? (laughs) The lion, the witch, and the cabinet. And the cabinet. (laughs) (laughs) And he put put Babe in the corner, so it's a little bit of a (laughs) He's not real happy. I can't imagine why. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's not really a big fan of, like, what I just did. I've heard of Indian in the cupboard, but Baby in the cabinet? (laughs) 
That's yeah. a new one. All right. Oh. <laughs> uh, today's episode is featuring the Summit City Brew Works, uh, top 10 brewery in my opinion, uh, the Black Russian Imperial Stout, and then the Centerpoint Brewing Company, uh, their Bionic High Five. We are talking about the topic of Galaxy Quest. Uh, but before we get into the beer and the topics, what have you guys been drinking lately? And I'll start this one. Uh, it's not something that I have been drinking, but it's been something that I've been playing, kind of. Uh, let me preface this by saying that BlizzCon came out. They didn't really have a BlizzCon. They just had like you know like a, a presser essentially with announcements, and the Diablo II Resurrection was announced. And the pre-orders went out uh, for it, which, of course, I've already done that. It's just a re-release of the original Diablo 2 game, but essentially remastered. Uh, And so I'm super pumped about it. I played so much Diablo 2. Like, stupid, scary amount of Diablo 2 that I played. And I can see myself getting lost in this one again. Um, There's... A lot of similarities. I haven't really watched too much of the trailers because I'm of the mind that I don't want it to be spoiled to me. Uh, but I have heard a couple of the uh, the changes, like the benefit changes. Some of the, the inventory settings are more like the newer games where the old one, you had like five slots. Or it felt like five slots. And so there's some, I guess, uh, like quality of life changes that are uh, beneficial that came to the game. Are going to be in this game, so pretty excited about it. It's not what I'm playing currently. It's what I'm geeking the fuck out about. <laughs> uh, so when that comes we'll out, change it to to what are you geeking on lately or something? <laughs> yeah. Drinking or geeking? Drinking, geeking. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm super excited about this. It's weird. I've never really heard someone say I don't want spoilers for a video game. No, I just it is well there there's that crowd out there that, you know, they want to be able to play like the start of a game. Especially like these game these days where you have a multi multiplayer game, uh, but you have a story campaign and to be very like the very first thing that you do in this game is mm-hmm. you have to get through the campaign to be able to play the multiplayer yeah. stuff. And a lot of the people just want the cutscenes and they want the story right. before they just go through the monotonous bullshit of mm. multiplayer and all that stuff. And so a lot of times they don't want like any type of spoilers when it comes to uh, like campaign for me, I want to experience the Diablo as it is mm-hmm. without seeing too much of it. And I don't know. It's kind of like one of those things where if I enjoy it, great. If I don't, then whatever, but I got to experience it instead of like making up my mind that I'm not going to enjoy it before I even turn it on. Yeah. I get that. I, I just never really thought about it. It's usually like movies. You don't want the plot stolen. I never really thought about like, I don't want the plot of a game uh, spoiled or something. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's exciting. Like I played the beta of the Diablo three and I got early access and that storyline. Oh my God. Like when you, if you know, like the, the, the whole point of like Diablo, you, you know, you have these acts that you go through and there's a story that goes between each of the acts and essentially replaying all of these acts and whatever. And so when, you know, D2 is coming out, it's going to be the same, but there's going to be some changes, I think. And so just, I don't know. I'm pumped about it. I don't know if you guys can tell. Yeah, very much. <laughs> it's very noticeable. <laughs> yeah. I'm expecting a full episode on that. Okay. Sounds good. There's a lot of energy like in the room right now, and it's the lights are like twice as bright as they were before. 
your hair is like starting to like stick up a little bit and your beard is like moving around. No, the it's beard's in place. Saiyan I got over there. I got I got oil <laughs> in the beard. It's, it's the hair. Gorilla glue <laughs> in your beard. I got gorilla glue in my beard. <laughs> Uh, uh, Pale, have you been drinking anything lately? Uh, or playing anything? Uh, no, but I'm watching something. Oh, okay. Does that count? Does that fit in? Like, oh yeah. Are you jazzed about it? Are you geeking about it? I'm geeking about Doctor Who. Oh, oh my god! I'm uh, four seasons into Doctor Who. Like OG Doctor Who? Not not like back in like the way back, but like the one that it picked up in. Which like doctor? Early two thousands. I can't believe you watched Rose. I can't stand her. What? I was that- just gonna mention like how much I enjoy her. <laughs> like, <laughs> I her she was so much better than the first Doctor in that in the reboot. But um, but then David Tennant took over. Awesome. Who is um, outstanding. Um, but they, I think they contrast each other. Like they're both very strong, like leads for like a man and a woman, and it's like real, a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I will have to hear it because I think a lot of people say Matt Smith is like top notch Doctor Who, but I think David Tennant is my favorite. Yeah, so that's yeah. I'm, so I'm Matt Smith will be my, the next Doctor. I think he did like season five and six, and then seven was like Peter Capaldi. Maybe, and then he ran it like up until Jody Whittaker started it at like eleven. Yeah, I'm still waiting for a cucumber bunny snatch to be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be a doctor. He's Sherlock, <laughs> but he's already a doctor. <laughs> it's very strange. It's strange. Yeah, I watched the first episode of the whatever like current run, and I I wasn't into it, but. It was not what I was expecting. It was like so like cheesy and stuff. Mm-hmm. The but yeah, the I kind of gave up after it, first episode. What the first mo- episode was like the mannequin factory, right? Yes, yeah, the mannequin. Fuck. <laughs> I can't stand Rose. <laughs> I watched that. I was like, "What the hell is? Why is this so popular?" And then I never went any further than that. What's, what's wrong with Rose? <laughs> she's just <laughs> dumb. She's... <laughs> <laughs> dumb. No, she's just like obsessed with. The traveling and being able to do like whatever you want to do and not worry about like every day like go to work and make money and pay bills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you guys? Um, I have been playing. Uh, I was on the Nintendo Switch eShop and they had a Bandai Namco sale like eighty four percent off. Oh yeah, I I saw that. So I picked up. I would say the most recent, but there's been so many more since then. But the 2017-18 version called Dragon Ball Fighter Z. It's like an arcade style, but it's 3D, but it's still, you know, two-dimensional like Street Fighter. They come out from the other side, but it's like the old arcade system, like uh, Marvel versus whatever, where you can have like multiple uh, characters like jump out from the side. So you pick your team of three and they can help you throughout the battle and you can switch back and forth between them. Um, so it's got this whole new like uh, original story mode and everything else through it, um, through the Dragon Ball franchise and old characters, new characters, and all sorts of stuff put together. But it was eighty four percent off. So the base game itself was like seven bucks, 
Um, and you could get the whole DLC pack with extra characters and everything else added for a total of like $18. So I went for the whole DLC pack and got it all. It was normally over like $100. So I'm like, yeah, I, I can manage 18 bucks. So I've been playing that and it's, uh, it's a learning curve. I'm like, I haven't played like a fighter game like that in a long time, probably back since like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I'm like, man, cause the, I was more of a button masher, so I have to learn more of the skill set of what to click um, to to play it. But it's been really fun. I've been enjoying it, especially since it was super cheap. Yeah, I'll go real quick. I was playing the for the first time Donkey Kong Country Two Diddy's Kong Quest. Oh, I love that game. I still cannot pronounce that. <laughs> Diddy Kong's Quest. <laughs> I know. I, take, I have to like do it slowly. Diddy's Conquest, not Diddy Kong's Quest. <laughs> and since I'm doing it on the Switch, uh, that rewind feature was very useful in that game because you got to be right on with some of those uh, jumps and stuff, oh, yeah. like the train level. And there's, or it's like a roller coaster or something. Mm-hmm. But and a couple of those boss battles, I'm like, I don't even know how to hit this person. So I try something that. That it kills me. I'm okay. I guess I'll rewind and I'll try something else. So, uh, but yeah, I, I beat that game. It took me about a a couple hours every day for about a week, but or like an hour every day for about a week. And I had a lot of fun doing it. So I need to get to the third one now. Yes, with little baby Kong, Kitty Kong, I think they call him. Yeah. Um. I, I'm. It's funny you mentioned this that. Diddy and Dixie. Uh, yeah, we. We as a family, my siblings and I fought a lot, but what brought us together was Donkey Kong on the Super Nintendo. So we all obsessed over the first yeah. one. We played the second one. We loved that. And then definitely the third one, we kind of trailed off at that point. But those were some good times. I really liked the second one. That one was fun. Yeah, I played the first one a ton. And that was the only one I ever played until the one on Wii, that the Donkey Kong Country Returns. Mm-hmm. And that one's really fun, but that one's hard as hell. It's harder than like any game I've ever played, so I didn't get very far in that game. Uh, but I, I guess they re-released that with um, an easy mode. Hmm. We should probably get to our beers, though. On to the beers. I'm like halfway through mine. <laughs> I know, I've been drinking it. I, I think it's like Keith and Pale's turn to start. I was going to say, if yeah. Pale and I were halfway through ours, um, this would be a very interesting show by now. <laughs> More interesting show. Sorry. More interesting show. Um, yeah. It's not going to be interesting. It, it, well, <laughs> we're, ju- we're just acting. We're just acting. No, wait. That's the show. All right. Um, Pale and I. Like yeah, we're acting like it. So when this goes to the deep reaches of space, <laughs> uh, we have the <laughs> Summit City Brewworks Black Russian Imperial Stout um, is what we are drinking with coffee. And that is thrown into the little title on here. So this is an Imperial Stout with coffee added. It comes in at 13.5% ABV, according to Untapped. But I think when I read it online somewhere else, I thought it was a little bit lower from their website. So I'd say anywhere over 10% or around 10% that this one is, because I don't know how accurate Untapped is from time to time, especially since I've had to make my own. Who knows if it's official or not. Um, and it does not come in at any IBUs. They are not available. Uh, it says, inspired by the traditional mixed drink, the Black Russian, 
Um, Imperial Stout brewed with coffee. So pretty straightforward. Not a whole lot to it for the description. So has anybody had a Black Russian before? The drink? I have not. (laughs) Nope. Mm, not that I know of. No. I don't think so. I've, I've had white Russians. I don't know if I've. Is it like a cocktail? Like the yeah, like the I, white I think it is a white Russian. Yeah. So I think they just say black because of the the dark beer. The oh, stout, because it's a stout. That would be my guess. I don't think I'm going to look up. Maybe there is <laughs> black Russian. Drink. Black Russian cocktail recipe on liquor.com. It's two ounces of vodka and one ounce of Kahlua. So just no no milk, I guess. Because you basically described it, minus the milk. Yeah. It's, uh, so I guess it is. Toast no free. Interesting. So I've not had one of those, so I would be nice to have tried that, to compare this to it. But I do love stouts, I love coffee, and I love Summit City Brew Works, so I really don't give a shit <laughs> if it's a drink or not. I'm <laughs> drinking this, um, if it's good. So, um, Pale, what's the can like? Uh, the can is... A light brown color. It's actually there's many different palettes of like brown on here. Um, it says Black Russian Imperial Stout, like in a vertical, like downward shape, um, with some light tan and white on the background, and then uh, light brown and darker brown circles. Um, it oh, it looks like a couch cushion to me <laughs> <laughs> you're right it kind of does uh yeah it, there's yeah, nothing know. really special that stands out and actually the way that they use the white font on the white background it's kind of hard to read even through the camera screen uh, but just that's what i was gonna just say. with the naked eye it's like what they should have made the text it's probably like, darker like all this down here is like white and like a light tan and then you have like the white text just makes it Harder to read, like up top. Just kind it of should a... have been black text. Maybe an outline. Yeah, yeah. like just, yeah. if yeah. you want it to be it. white text. But black text would make sense because describe it, it has the word black. It might as well right. make that yeah. in black font. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, right. Well, I understand the brown with the coffee added. The brown makes sense. Yeah. So almost looks like scoops of ice cream or something. Yeah, in the back, those weird shapes. Reminds me of two Toms and his like Mallow Scoop beers or whatever. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. Like, I think a few of his have like like ice cream scoops on them. Totally. We'll get to the beer. On the inside, it's clearly dark black. <laughs> Very. I can't. There's not much of a rim, even in the light. You know, sometimes you can get the like a brown edge. Not a whole lot, at least for me. But Mm-mm. nope. I live in the dark. A Batman. I was molded by it. <laughs> I was born in it. Born in the shadows. <laughs> Just like Logan's born in the cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> not born, he just sleeps there. <laughs> no, that's I didn't see the light till I was a man. <laughs> <laughs> I think Keela gave birth in that cabinet too. Oh there you oh. go. God. It's the it's perfect for delivering babies. How big is this cabinet? <laughs> <laughs> it's the size of a house. <laughs> Sorry, I derailed it. Let's go. <laughs> uh, all right. So obviously, with the color palette here, we could go with pretty much anything. But 
do we want to go the darkest of the dark here with whatever that is floating in space? It's a xenomorph. Xenomorph. I can't see it. It's too dark. (laughs) Exactly. It's a point. (laughs) Mm. And funny story, a little crossover between the actress in Alien and (laughs) in Galaxy Quest. Look at that. All right. So the sniff test, pal. What are you getting? I'm getting hints of maple. I'm getting Kahlua. Yeah. Yeah. Maple for sure. A little bit of coffee. Um chocolate of course it just i think that that maple that maple is like coming through more prominently than the coffee or the chocolate yeah for sure that's why when i first mm-hmm. had this i'm like wait where's the maple it's not listed anywhere but that might be what part of the black russian alcoholic beverage is mhm drink it oh it's so good oh yes i have not had a bad stout from summit city ever Especially because they throw coffee in everything. It just makes it, it sends it over the top for me. But it's very sweet. You can get that maple. It's almost sticky sweet. I don't know if you're getting that too. Like the fringes of my moustache. Getting sticky. Um, hot sticky sweet. Hot sticky sweet. <laughs> From my head to my feet. <laughs> very sweet up front. There's not a whole lot of bitterness to this at all. There's Yeah. There's something at the end there. That, like the last beer that we did in the previous episode, or maybe it might have been like several episodes ago, but <laughs> there's like a, <laughs> I can't remember so many episodes. There's like a. Over 200. There's, <laughs> is there over 200 now? <laughs> there's a, there's a send off like, uh, it's almost like a. Like a marshmallow, like a chocolate marshmallow. Yes, 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 yes. Are you getting that too? Like a mellow scoop. It's uh, th- I mm-hmm. think that's yeah. that um, that sticky, that sticky sweet that I was talking about because yeah. they've had done a mm-hmm. marshmallow style, and you're right, this is very reminiscent of that. It ends very marshmallowy. Yeah, that's pretty. That's awesome. I haven't. I'm not usually used to that. Uh, that marshmallow at like the end there. Yeah, one of their their greatest. Beers that I had, I think I gave it a five at one point. I forget what it was, but it was during their anniversary, I think two years ago. They put very special ones on draft like every day. They'd release variants of their Kilned, kilned by Death or Death by Kilned, something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, we had this one. It was like a marshmallow, s'mores, something along those lines. I think I gave that one a mm-hmm. perfect score, but I'm like, oh, that one is so good. And this is reminiscent of that, but there's a stronger maple presence coming forward in this one that I'm picking up. So that the kiln by death that you mentioned, mm-hmm. I still have a uh, 16 ounce can in my fridge from, from like a year and a half ago. I was gonna say probably Goodness. the time we went to drinketh's. <laughs> I can't. Which it, I'm trying to look to see which one it was. It might have been the bourbon barrel maple. Could have been. That sounds amazing. I'm pretty sure there's a bourbon barrel version of this one. I thought I saw that one on there. But since this one's already a Russian Imperial, I think it's already would be like bourbon barrel, but I'm not picking up any bourbon. No, I don't feel either. like it. It's a lot sweeter, more like the black Russian drink, supposedly. On Untapped, there are 344 ratings, and the average is 4.13. Yeah, I had that up, but I got curious to see if I can find 
the beer <laughs> that Keith is talking about. So <laughs> I got lost in the in the shuffle. My friends are all on this Discord thing, so <laughs> with exception to my wife, yeah, yeah. Uh, which you can read hers, but she didn't say anything. She gave it a four out of five, and Cat, oh. uh, who works at Summit City, gave it a five out of five. As we learned, Cat gives everything five. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> She loves her beer. Without giving too much away, I gave it a four and a half uh, in 2019. Can't really remember too much about it other than I mm-hmm. really liked it. Maybe if you wrote something here. Yeah. Imagine that. To go. <laughs> you might jog your memory. <laughs> uh, Daniel K. Uh, very boozy with a slight coffee and nutty flavor. Gave it a four. Uh, there's not a whole lot. I don't see... Yeah, it took me a while. Here's one. Jesse M., another great beer from my favorite Fort Wayne Brewery, uh, and it's a 4.25 out of 5. Come on, Jesse. I say that too, but then I describe it. I know. <laughs> not helpful. Yeah, no. Imagine not writing anything. Am I right? <laughs> Robert N., wow, very smooth. One of the better Russian imp stouts I have had. Four and a half. Uh, Brian H. took a picture of him with the beer. He looks so damn serious. I, I just scrolled past that guy. He gave it a 425, but he's so serious about it. Uh, Robert M. says, sweet cherry, question mark, dark and good. You guys get cherry notes? It's definitely maple. Yeah, I feel like he checked in the wrong beer. Yeah, probably. Grayson did. He definitely checked in the wrong beer. If you look at his picture, this is from Summit. Union? It is not Summit City. <laughs> like, that is not Summit City at all. <laughs> Summit Brewing go, Company. Black. The Union series. I'm sure that beer is good, too. He gave that one a four and a half. Probably. <laughs> now, I will say about this beer that I've had it um, since I checked it in before from one of these cans. And I had it cold. So this is my first time having it, like, cold. The other one I left out for a little bit of time. Um, and I let it sit and then sipped it throughout. And then I noticed that the flavors started to come out a little bit more. But I'm noticing a lot more sweetness, oddly enough, up front um, when it's colder. But I think that when it warms it, and I don't know, it, it changes a little bit. And I think that sweetness kind of falls off towards the end. Just something I, I noticed. that The sweetness did, but the more the roastiness, the coffeeness, the bitterness... Uh, more that the bourbon-y type thing comes out a little bit more towards the end, and the sweetness is more up front, I think, when it's cold. I don't know about you, Pale, because mm-hmm. I think this is the only one you've... I, I just gave you one can, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I had checked this in uh, a year ago. Um, it was part of a flight that I did at Summit City. I said the coffee and maple combination is so good, and... um. <laughs> I think when I it was served in the flight, it was a little bit warmer. So to me, I think the the coffee was a little bit more prominent, uh, being warmer and kind of like didn't even really recognize the the sweet marshmallow mm-hmm. like at the end there that I'm 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 experiencing right now. Um, so it's kind of neat how it's like a kind of different characteristics. Um, I went ahead and checked in. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I gave it, so my original, I stuck with my original and went four and a half. Um, just said super smooth with a sweet marshmallow send off. Uh, really enjoying this beer, um, how it's literally smooth with the a little bit of maple 
at the at the front of it and then kind of like even more of a sweetness like at the back end the cop i'm not getting like a ton of coffee from it um that'll come out as it warms so i think yeah. by the end of this so, episode you should have some more coffee so I'm, yeah i'm gonna just kind of let it sit and warm up a little bit and then revisit it like towards the end of the episode so but yeah i'm, I'm a big fan uh of this one i'll stick with my original as well and i will digitally hold your hand pale and go four and a half as well just all their uh their stouts at Summit City, like I said, are just so great, but they also blend well together, and it's hard to distinguish one from the next. But I do love how the, the flavor changes, the profile of this changes as it warms. Um, it's obviously not meant to be drank pretty quickly, um, being an imperial Russian stout. Uh, it's, it, it's pretty potent stuff, uh, but still good. Uh, but you're right that the coffee is kind of weak in it, especially if you're going to say Imperial Stout with coffee. I was kind of expecting more of a coffee kick from this one because um, some of their other ones that they call coffee. I, honestly, I think like the toast and jam has more of a coffee flavor than this. And hmm. that's not hmm. listed yeah, really <laughs> in that uh, as opposed to this. And that's what stopped me from pushing this one over the edge. But I will still drink this. It is delicious. And it's like a caramely marshmallow you know, maple flavored marshmallow type Russian imperial stout. Now I'm just going to have to make myself a black Russian drink and then compare what this tastes like. So really good. That'd be interesting. Should we guess the uh, IBUs? Oh, or is it not really worth it? <laughs> Go for it. Well, I'm thinking, I really think it's low pretty low because yeah. Yeah. Can I suggest 13? Yeah, that works. As we should activate, activate the Omega, oh Omega 13. <laughs> I mean, you can suggest all you want. It doesn't have to be right. Well, we <laughs> let's do it. Is that too high? Is that too high well, or too low? We'll, we'll choose that one, and then in 13 seconds, we might change our mind. We can always go back and redo it. <laughs> <laughs> After it has been activated. Awesome. Would you say it was, uh, what, two parts vodka, one part Kahlua? Yes. All right, I'll be making that after my beer is done. <laughs> you have you have both you of have those Kahlua? things on hand? Uh no. Uh I have a a Bailey's knockoff. So I, say, I I actually have Bailey's, but I don't have vodka. Oh, I have a I have a craft vodka from Sun King. Ooh, nice. Oh. Mm. All right, so for our beer, uh we have the Centerpoint Brewing Company's uh Bionic High 5. I figure I don't know. I didn't figure. I guess Andrew figured bionic as in uh, futuristic, and this it's is sci-fi. Sci-fi. If you look yeah. at the background, it's kind of like '80s with that grid on the can. And yeah. uh, I also want to throw out: Can we change the handhold club to the bionic high five while we're virtual? <laughs> the yeah. bionic high five. <laughs> yeah, because I'm on board. I gave it also a four point five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this beer uh, is an IPA. Right, it's a hazy IPA. Uh, it comes in at six percent ABV and forty IBUs, which, on our geek reference, our bitterness reference, a forty is the crush forty. Do you know what that's a reference to? No idea, but I do. Th- I thought the forty was forty-year-old virgin, but we used so many of them. Yeah, I abandoned that. Plus, <laughs> that that movie is kind of offensive. I think <laughs> <Go on. laughs> probably. Yeah, uh, uh, crush forty. 
you may remember from the Sonic the Hedgehog music episode. Oh, yeah, the band, yeah. The composer is in a band called Crush 40, and their music is featured in a lot of the games. Yep, I remember that now, yeah. Um, did you read this? No, I haven't. I'm still stuck on the part that that, game, that movie is offensive, and it really is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Bionic High Five is an East Coast hazy IPA brewed with pale wheat, flaked oats, and biscuit malts. Hops are arm- am armadillo. God damn it. Amarillo. <laughs> Lemon- I used to think it was armadillo hops. <laughs> yeah. When Hop- we first started this podcast. Right. Hops are armor. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> <sighs> Hops are Amarillo, Lemon Drop, and Sultana. Begins with the notes of citrus, grapefruit pale, and lemon on the nose. <laughs> Smooth, full mouthfeel, pale, with bready malt tones. Balance out this juicy IPA. We've already pretty much talked the can. can. Yeah. It's two bionic arms meeting in the middle where the center point logo is. And giving each other a high five. It's very Tron-like. Yeah. It's got like that digital grid, mm-hmm. that, the Tron type thing. That's why I fit. It feels like uh, 80s sci-fi, which is mm-hmm. what Galaxy Quest is based off of. A fake 80s sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, the font on the on here, even though like the bionic looks, you know, very like mechanical, the high five that looks like it's scribbled on with like some kind mm-hmm. of graffiti. Uh, the metallic colors are brilliant. I love them. The fact that the arms are two different colors is just kind of weird. One's orange and the other is purple. Well, they're two different hands, two different people giving each other a high five. uh, I guess so. And it looks like they're like, their arms just like broke away from their bodies. Yeah. Just explosion of high fives, like the super powerful high five, like super powerful explosion (laughs) high five. Maybe it's just a uh, homage, the... Like old video games, how player one was red and player two was blue or vice versa. <laughs> so yeah. one's kind of a blue and one kind of red. Yeah, probably. Let's do, I think we're onto the color of the beer. I don't have much left, so. I know, we got a big thing about half of it. <laughs> it's sort of your classic IPA. Yeah. Uh, orangey color. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking, I guess, closer to like Clayface. Uh, like in the 12s, maybe the, was that a morph? Pokeball or whatever. Morph That's ball. A Metroid. Meth- Morph ball. Yeah. I agree with you. It's probably in there between yeah. Blanca Shorts and uh, Ben Grimm. Um, probably Metroid because it's in space. Yeah, let's go with that. Go with a Morph Ball orange. Uh, as for the smell. I definitely get, uh, I can smell that citrusy, grapefruity. Lemon? Yeah, it is very lemony. It's probably just from the lemon drop hop, obviously. Yeah, it's it's got hints of lemon. Yeah, and like those like kind of citrusy fruits. Yeah, I guess that's a little bit more prominent than the grapefruit. I guess I, I thought I was smelling grapefruit, but I was wrong. Hopefully, I get taste it. Grapefruit too. Is there a little bit? Maybe I can't smell at the bottom of this uh, glass because I've already drank too much of it. <laughs> you got to shake it up real good. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sm- I'm smelling like very hoppy out of the can. Yeah. The can smells like straight hops, so that's probably what got left behind because it's yeah. kind of like the hazy stuff. Uh, let's go ahead and I mean, continue to drink it. <laughs> Take your first sip, boys. <laughs> Ooh wee, that's bitter <laughs> for the first <laughs> for my first sip ever. 
it's kind of warm too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you definitely could taste the lemon a lot. So you know how they mm-hmm. say a lot of like IPAs have like this pine uh, taste, like a pine salt taste. Well, think of this as like Mister Clean's lemony pine salt or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's the lemon alternative. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so you can definitely feel like in the middle of it, uh, beginning of it, it's kind of like piney. In the middle of it, yeah, it still has that kind of like tree mm-hmm. flavor. In the middle of it is more of the citrusy grapefruity flavor, and then at the very end of it is when you get more of like that, that citrusy lemon zest. It's like eating a like a cookie or something. Yeah, it's not like sour. It's more of like a lemon cookie. <laughs> yeah, hmm. uh, this one is a little bit more enjoyable than you know, like other beers that we've had when it comes to IPAs where uh, a lot of the, I think the hop forward beers are better than the ones that finish hoppy. Like this one doesn't finish Mm -hmm. hoppy at all. Like you get punched, not really in the mouth, but you get punched a little bit with it. And then it just finishes very like, I guess like a citrus sour or tarty. I agree. There's, there's like some bitterness on the tongue, but it's not as bad as the previous beer that we've had. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it's not like off-putting, right? Yeah, I'm really enjoying the uh, the flavors in this one. And if you're ready to jump to the untapped machine, uh, out of 203 check-ins, it comes in at a 3.67 average. Um, I have no friends that check this in. Not sure if you guys do or not. Nope, nope, not me. No, this one was just released. If I if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. I think it was released during the pandemic. Well, most recent check-in was Jana B. She just checked it in, said, I think I enjoyed the cookie more than the beer. So they must be oh, it came with cookies. selling insomnia cookies. I don't know if you saw that. At Center oh. Point, do they give out sleeping cookies? <laughs> insomnia is a cookie in our cookie store in Broad Ripple that's open till like 2 a.m. And they'll, they'll ah. get, they deliver cookies. Nice. Um, that's a good good business maybe plan. Maybe they just had like a... That. Maybe they just had them delivered, Probably. like, warm cookie. They do, like, warm cookies or cookies with ice cream or, uh, you can, like, the big party cookies. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's all pretty low. They they are very good. Low average scores here from people, about threes, three and a halfs, 3.25s. Halfway decent, Nippa, but it's a tough category to compete in, says Tim B. On uh, February 12th, Chris G. said, doesn't get any fresher than being at the brewery. A must-try for a hop head like myself. The citrus notes hit your taste buds straight out the gate. A very versatile brew for any season. And gave it a four and a half. Hmm. So I thought that was pretty good uh, write-up. Yeah. The earliest check-in is April 12th. Of this year. Uh, 2020. Yeah. So I thought it came out like during the pandemic, but the pandemic's been going on for so long. It could have. <laughs> right. Who knows? For the only 200 check-ins, it's, I don't know, kind of disappointing. I mean, this year has probably been disappointing for them. I mean, when you have some beers that are disappointing, I get it. <laughs> I just meant like being closed or carry out only and yeah. been tough for people. That's why maybe the check-ins are low. And I don't know if they get a lot of uh, like craft beer people that are on untapped. Right. It seems like a different crowd there. I've only been there once or twice, but... Yeah, both it's times not just people me. that I see. At, yeah, but it's not like the same people I see at like Indiana City or Sun King. It's right, like a different yeah. group. Well, it's in a weird spot. Yeah. 
Um, it's down the road, like literally down the road from Rad, and Rad also has that weird vibe to it. I just right. think it's like on the other side of the the <laughs> the loop. <laughs> yeah. If you're outside the loop, it's, you're weird. If you're past college. <laughs> yeah, right. I liked uh, Sean C's write up. He just said, it's good. <laughs> 370. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean. That's it's so insightful. insightful. <laughs> yeah. Still more helpful than what Dustin puts. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're not wrong. Still more helpful than the check-in that I just did for this beer now. But anyways, I gave it a three and a half. All in all, it's not a terrible beer. I just think it misses the mark of what it's supposed to be. They they categorize it as a East Coast hazy or like a New England style IPA. But it drinks like a West Coast. That Uh, is true. It's not juicy enough. I don't like. Yeah, like the 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 one person said, like it's a tough category to be in. Well, yeah, if you actually hit that category, you're not hitting that category. If you just left it as like uh, IPA, like I probably been like, oh yeah, it's not bad, you know. But I was expecting something juicier. I don't know. Hmm. I would. I'm gonna say the fix for this beer: add lactose, and then then you it hits the mark. Probably, yeah. I think that's all it's missing. And then it'll taste like a like a like a lemon milkshake or something. Make it um add some lactose, maybe boost it with some sugar so it kinda tastes like lemon sherbet or something. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty much agreeing with you. I gave it a three point seven five though, because I'm enjoying the lemonness of it. It's kinda unique. I don't have a lot of lemon drop I think there was a lemon drop yo that uh, Indiana City did, but I don't know if I even ever had that one. Uh, but yeah, just based on the uniqueness of the hops that they use, that give it that slightly lemon more uh, hoppy flavor. But there is still like a uh, a more yeah, it's not as hazy as you would want from this style of beer. Right. If you're gonna tell me it's New England, like give me New England. And New England doesn't like say, hey, it's gonna be hazy, but. I mean, still, it's not, I don't know, it doesn't feel juicy enough for what's mm-hmm. been in that category. It's still more West Coast than East Coast. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DrinkInGeekOut. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff on our website, DrinkInGeekOut.com. You can also email us any comments or suggestions at DrinkInGeekOut at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcast, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content. Find us there at patreon.com backslash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show. On to the topic at hand, Galaxy Quest is a 1999 American science fiction comedy film directed by Dean Parasite, or Par- Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> and written by David Howard and Robert Gordon, a parody of and homage to science fiction films and series, especially Star Trek and its fandom. It depicts the cast of a fictional uh, defunct cult television series called Galaxy Quest, who are visited by actual aliens who think the series is an accurate documentary and drawn into a very real interstellar conflict. The film 
Galaxy Quest eventually achieved cult status itself, uh, the film that we were talking about today, especially from Star Trek fans for the uh, affectionate parody, but also from a more mainstream audience as a comedy film in its own right. Several Star Trek cast and crew members praised the film. It was included in Reader Digest list of top 100 funniest movies of all time in 2012, and Star Trek fans voted it the seventh best Star Trek film of all time in 2013. Wow. Which I think there are like eight Star Trek movies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you don't include the remakes. Right. I still think it's better than most of them. <laughs> yeah. It's it's in the top five at least. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna have uh, I was gonna have Allison join us, but she's already asleep. The um, I was thinking maybe if this was the first one we did episode we did tonight that she would join. Yeah, us. we could have. I know we, I didn't think I didn't really think about it. about it. She absolutely loved this film. Oh man, if we want to just talk about seeing it or whatever before we get into the deepness, I remember seeing this for the first time when it came out on. I didn't see it in theaters, but when it came out on. I think we had it on DVD. It was like one of the first DVDs we owned. Mm. Uh, and uh, back then being like a fan of Santa Claus and home improvement. Yep. Was just ending. Uh, at I was a time. huge fan. Yeah. I was a huge fan of Tim Allen uh, and this movie and the whole cast is pretty great. But then rewatching it recently, having a whole different view of Tim Allen because he's like a right wing kind of Trump person now uh i'm i'm watching it like how is tim allen ever famous but he is hilarious in this movie so i understand why yeah he's hilarious in a lot of his movies mm-hmm. it's i mean it sucks to say but like a lot of the times if you want to like enjoy somebody as like an actor you have to separate like yeah you know, uh some their things. personal beliefs and yeah some of their actions <laughs> I think that's one of the, like, a lot of people are having issues with, like, Gina Car- Carino right now with oh, the Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the the hateful shit that she spewed versus, you know, how her character is. I don't know. I, I don't want to get involved with it. Disney made the decision that they made, so whatever. Uh, but, I mean, if you take a look at this film and you don't know anything about, like, Tim Allen, this is, like, up there in one of his better films. I like this way better than Santa Claus. And I thought Santa Claus was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably I think I like it better than Toy Story. <gasps> but just because you could never. just because just because, just because of because. how it speaks to me cuz I am now a Star Trek fan <laughs> and I like kind of, the first time I watched it I have did not see one episode of Star Trek. The last time I watched it I've watched everything of Star Trek, every movie and every episode. So uh, it's a whole different perspective. I feel like he's really good at, um, like being thrown into these like confusing like situations where, yeah, um, like he's brought onto this ship to like help this alien like life that, and he just thinks that's like them, like another, a bunch of fans. Yeah, another sh- fans <laughs> building a set. Come in, say a few building lines. a set, like showing off their graphics. He's like, yeah, it looks like really good. Like it's cool. And, and like, with the Santa Claus, he's, like, never really believes, like, he's Santa Claus until, like, Christmas Eve. Yeah. So, it's, like, and then with Toy Story, he believes he's he actually, like. Thinks he's a toy uh, or a real guy, uh, not a toy. Yeah, like, a real, like, commander from, like, 
space and has like all these weapons on his arms and everything and it's just like you are a toy (laughs) (laughs) he's just like confused like in every role it seems like I think that like helped out a lot because uh, Tom Hanks is very cynical. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I I recently just watched this as well. Uh, we watched it. I think it's over the summer because we've done. Unfortunately, we've done a crap ton of movie watching since the pandemic, mm-hmm. and this was like just happened to be like one of the movies that Allison's like. I heard good things about this, so we should probably watch it. And I was like, uh, I guess. It's fantastic. It's, so, <laughs> it's just so funny. And it, I don't know. Yeah. We just rewatched it, I think, this past weekend, uh, just so we can get ready for this. And I don't know. I just I just enjoy it. I like Sigourney Weaver a lot. So oh, she, just, was, she was so hot. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out. I'm throwing it out there right now. <laughs> yeah. I got to find out, like, how old she was. I think like, she's under. 50s maybe like yeah but in like or 40s like in that, that time yeah that's what i was thinking <clears throat> yeah in 99 it like she talks a lot about it i don't know if i have anything coming up in this episode but how like it was her reaction to like how people treat her based on her character in aliens mm-hmm. uh who she's like the the badass in that movie she gets to kind of play herself in a science fiction movie and like have fun with it so she really enjoyed her time yeah, I don't remember the first time I saw it, but I know I had seen it before. Um, I'm trying to think what was that one of our movie nights over at your house or Bricker's house? I think oh, I, at one I point. I imagine it was because <laughs> if you said you had the DVD, then we probably watched it somewhere yeah. in the 2000s. I'm sure, um, but I know I had seen it before. Maybe I saw it with my parents, but I we grew up my family watching. Home Improvement, I think, as most of America did back in the day. I mean, that was just the show that was on ABC at the time. Um, yeah. So we were we were fans of that. And so I, I don't know. Maybe we just rented it one night. I don't really remember. But I remember the premise of the movie and everything. But I did rewatch it recently. And it's like, oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, now I remember this part. So it all came back. It was, it was pretty child, good. child, Justin Long. Yes, mm-hmm. to see all them. And um, Dwight Trout, Rain Wilson. Yes, <laughs> I forgot he was in there. He was, I'm like, he was oh supposed. My gosh. He was supposed to have a bigger role, but he was auditioning for The Office mm-hmm. <laughs> at oh. this time. Yeah, it's a shame uh, he had no speaking roles or speaking parts. He did. He, he had did. one line in the limo. Line. Yeah, oh, the limo oh, scene he? at the beginning. Oh, okay. He talked, and then he was oh, in the background really for the rest. rest. Yeah, he was with uh, Monk. Whatever that dude's yes. name. Is. Tony Shalhoub. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so Sigourney Weaver. Uh, born in 49, so that would have made her 50 in this movie. Wow. So that, she looked yeah, awesome at 50. <laughs> yeah. She looks, Hollywood for you. She looks awesome now Yeah, she still looks good. 71. Mm-hmm. Dang. So I figure for this, we'll run through these, like, read this paragraph of the plot and then talk about that section of the movie, I guess. Sure. Rather than just reading through the plot. Just to jog our memories of that. All right. Um... Do you want me to read the first paragraph or these first two paragraphs and then we can talk? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the cast of an old 1980s space adventure television series spend most of their days attending fan conventions and making promotional appearances. At a convention, Jason is approached by a group calling themselves the Thermians, 
led by Malthasar, who request his help. Jason thinks they want him for a promotional appearance and agrees. The next morning, when the Thermians pick him up, Jason is hungover and does not grasp that the Thermians are aliens and that he has been transported to a working recreation of the bridge of the NSEA Protector, the starship from Galaxy Quest. Believing he is on set and must perform in character, he confronts the Thermians' enemy, the evil warlord Ceres, who demands the Omega-13, a secret superweapon that has never been used and whose capabilities are unknown. Giving perfunctory orders, Jason manages to temporarily defeat Ceres. The first couple of scenes where they're kind of washed up actors and they're at a convention and Tim Allen goes into the bathroom and hears himself or hears people making fun of him uh, in the stall. I guess that's a reference to something that happened to William Shatner at one of these conventions in the 80s. Okay, because he was in the bathroom and overheard. That was a weird scene. I'm like. He's all, like, super cocky and everything, and now he's, like, all super depressed. But I'm like, okay. How do you not yeah, know that? I got confused. I'm like, how do you not know that you are part of this? It's like, come on, man. I don't know. That that part, I did not – that didn't sit with me well. But. I got very confused, too, but I thought I was just too high because uh, he's like – I'm like, oh, okay. The first scene – or when he first walks in, I was like, oh, he's so into this. And then one person says something bad about yeah, it, and, and he's now like, he's "My like world is crushed." I'm like, man ever. How have you not heard criticism before?" <laughs> now he's like a super drunk and hungover. The next time you see it's him, like, like, I guess it, that I feel like, oh, he's washed up and he doesn't actually enjoy this. But he was just enjoying it two seconds ago. Yeah, yeah. It's but very. It was very weird. Bullied me. So like, did what ten? They're like, oh yeah, paying ten spot for an autograph. The, you're at a convention. What the fuck are you doing there? Yeah. <laughs> right. There's, I never understand. Like, this is, like, huge in, like, the gaming industry. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, the, this game's dead. What the, what the fuck are you posting about it? You're still talking about it. These two kid, kids walk in. They're like, oh, they think these they, – they're really eating this up. They think he loves – they love him or something. Obviously, they love him. Why else would they be there? Exactly. Like, not everyone's there because they don't – because they're it's a joke. Right. Just, I just want to know why they spent the money on this. <laughs> I know it's not yeah. cheap. <laughs> it's usually like fifty dollars to get in. Right. Do you just go to make you spent that money to just make fun of some guy? Is I don't know. It's weird. Uh, Alan Rickman's character is funny. Yes. Yes. Um, a little over the top at first, I thought. But he's it like yeah. They, they like make a serious like like a serious stereotypical comment about British actors, and I feel like that was a dig at John Luke Picard. I think, yeah, it, he, he kind of plays a lot of the role of a lot of characters because he's like Worf with the yeah. th- thing on and he's uh, Spock. Spock Spock with like the by Rathstar's hammer and shit like yeah. that. Uh, and then being British, I mean, obviously, this clearly a hit at Patrick Stewart. Uh, I, I can't and, think uh, of and Patrick Stewart did have like a problem with some of the cheesiness that was going on around him, like on the set of like he was very serious while everybody else was kind of goofing around yeah so he was just a culmination of everything i guess it'd be like really hard like i feel like uh alan rickman would would act whatever you told him to but like tim allen's like yeah i'm I'm my own man and then turns out alan rickman is a better actor who knew (laughs) (laughs) he is um i guess 
there's a funny behind the scenes story that I'll probably mess up, but I'll try to remember as best I can. Um, there's a scene in the movie where Tim Allen has to get like really emotional when like the character dies or something. Mm. And, um, the Tim Allen's like after shooting that scene, he like walks off the set. He's like, I'm going to, I'm just going to need a minute or uh, that was just so hard. And then Alan Rickman's like, I think Tim Allen has just experiencing acting for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Got him. Oh, fucking hot. Is that when, like, Bathazar was, like, laying on the on the bed or whatever, and he was, like, explaining, so. like, none of this is real. This is just a TV Probably, show. Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, like, getting real, like, emotional with him, and yeah, that's funny. Yeah, Tim Allen has a history of struggling with very serious scenes. Um, cause as you know, he's known for the, uh, the Michigan commercials that we hear mm-hmm. Yes, in Northern Indiana. We hear that shit all the time. Um, and my dad who's does commercials, did commercials for a living said that whoever, when they got him, they had to take almost 50 to a hundred takes because just to get him oh, so slow and so serious, like pure Michigan. Cause he's, he's not like that. He's always go, go, go funny insert joke here. And yeah. Well, he was a stand-up comedian that got popular off of a sitcom, so then he never really had to do any of this other mm-hmm. type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My brother met him once at a cool. Kroger in Man. Fort Wayne. <laughs> Shocking. What was he doing in Fort Wayne? Yeah, what was he doing in Fort Wayne? I don't know. I didn't ask. <laughs> Clearly shopping for groceries, guys. Gr- grocery? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we had the breast groceries. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't it, it wasn't a mistaken identity thing. So, like, it was clearly him. I don't I don't know the story. I just know that he ran into him. Interesting. On his way up to Michigan or something. You know, because Fort Wayne's uh, a good middle point from sure. Hollywood to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> After the grateful thermians or termites, as they're sometimes <laughs> called. Uh, transport him back to Earth, Jason realizes the experience was real when the Thermian Lalara appears and requests Jason's help again. The cast thinks it is a job and join him, including Guy, who played an ill-fated red shirt on one episode of the series. Aboard the Protector, the cast learns that the guileless Thermians believe episodes of the Galaxy Quest are true historical documentaries. Uh, 83 or 87, I forget which one it is, is when Guy was on. Oh, yeah. He has, like, the episode number where he died in, like, the second act or something. Fucking Sam Rockwell. He's so great in this movie. (laughs) Uh, uh, One thing, there's that scene before Tim Allen gets sent back to Earth where, like, the ship opens and it, like, opens up into outer space. And then he's like in that little the gooey, gooey shit, shit. Mm-hmm. and shoot him out. Yep. Um, in the theater, the aspect ratio was like TV aspect ratio up until that point. And then once that screen uh, opens and you see outer space, the curtains pull open and it like now the movie begins. And uh, I guess it caused a lot of problems in theaters because they didn't know to open the screen. Expand at that oh, point. That's hilarious. <laughs> I just remember reading that, but that is a really cool shot where you, know, like sh- you see out into outer space and like the the theme of the movie kind of the the theme song picks up. Yeah, yeah I think yeah that, that par- paragraph is pretty short, but it's it's pretty funny because they are all like, yeah, fuck this guy. Who do you think he is? We're gonna like 
Champa to yeah. pay for a job, and they're like, oh, it's a job. Oh, it's a job. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Shit, we all need money. Let's go. <laughs> and he's just like, come on, guys, come on, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's it pretty weird. I just, th- that whole idea to me is is weird. Like, you just find out that it's real, or it, mm-hmm. and they're coming back to you. There's no way in fuck I'm going back. Mm-mm. I literally it's just bombed the bad guy of the galaxy that we just learned about. Yeah, <laughs> Sarah's. And then you're gonna take people with you, your crew of actors, back <laughs> to this I think place. That's, that's where that scene came in, where he was like devastated by that criticism because he was kind mm-hmm. of believing it. I think himself. And now he found his spark be like, oh, shit, it is real. I can believe in this again. And I think that's his excitement. Like, I have meaning and purpose. It was hard Mm -hmm. to find, but that's why I think they're trying to go with it. I think, yeah, your explanation makes the most sense. It really does. But it's still, at that moment, it's like... Yeah, I'd be like, fuck it, nope. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that shit's real? And then even in, I think, probably the next scene we're about to talk about, all, all the people he brings along are like, nope, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and he's like, wait, you want to leave now? And they're like, oh, I guess we don't. <laughs> and then they stay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Sarah's returns and attacks the protector again. The ship barely escapes. Uh, I guess uh, a little bit before this, uh, they have to meet up with him again. Like they knew that they were meeting up with him again. Right. And they, right. they, they, they boarded the ship, because it doesn't say this in here. They actually board the ship, and he has to drive it out, and he kind of scrapes the fuck out of the wall as <laughs> <laughs> he's escaping. Yeah. Uh, so that happens. All right. So then Ceres returns, and he attacks that ship. So he doesn't, I guess he doesn't attack the Protector again. That doesn't make sense, because he initially he never attacked the Protector. Yeah, they were there to meet, to come to a terms, yeah. and then uh, Tim Allen shoots a bunch of rockets, and he's like, there you go, I'm out of here. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, the ship barely escapes uh, through a magnetic... Fire the red cannons full force, fire the green cannons full force. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wrap this up in a pretty bow, and let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so the, the ship barely escapes through a magnetic uh, minefield. Uh, the power core, or the power source, was... Uh, severely damaged. This is the Beryllian Sphere. Uh, then the humans must travel to the surface of a nearby planet that has this sphere. Uh, in their absence, Sarah seizes the Protector and demands the 13. I feel like this description doesn't quite line up with the events of the... Because they don't... It, it, okay, uh, we'll talk about it in a second. Uh uh, demands the 13, Jason confesses that it is not the ship's commander, and it shows Saris the Galaxy Quest historical documents. Saris understands that these are actors and forces Jason to explain it to uh, Mathazar. Okay, so this little blob seems a little bit disjointed. All right, so they uh, first, they, like I said, they take the ship out, and this isn't like the first time they're attacking it. He's pissed that... They, you know, pretty much just shot on him and didn't want to, like, discuss it. And so uh, he just, like, bl- uh, attacks him real hard and pretty much should have been a TKO, really, honestly. Mm-hmm. And then so they escaped through this minefield. Uh, they were able to, like, I don't know, like, outrun him, I guess. They jumped to a, 
uh, hyperdrive, I guess. I don't remember specific. I think they want to go, they don't decide not to go through the minefield or something, go around yeah. the minefield. And so they kind of like, oh, get away. All right. They're, or get they're a head dying, start. Right. Uh, and so they, they, <laughs> yeah. they do like a scan and find like the nearby planet that has this beryllium spear. Uh, this planet has these cute little babies and baby butts with fangs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the ones hurt. They're going to help him. <laughs> it's literally just weird that this planet has one of these spheres. Just one. Yeah. And it's just sitting in the middle. Just one. Maybe that's that's Star Trek for you. That happens every yeah, third episode. <laughs> like, oh, this ep- this planet has it, and it's right here. How convenient. It's, it's just one right sitting here. here. <laughs> um, and so everybody gets back on board uh, with the, you know, whatever the... They like I guess they got hurt and so they needed to you know return a couple of people and they got a couple of people out and then they're like oh no we can't pull you out and then Jason like sacrifices himself and then he's stuck with this big mm-hmm. or all these people and so it's a rock demon but before that it was a pig and so <laughs> and these like this uh, this uh, I guess um, beam me up Scotty type of technology and turns mm-hmm. the pig inside out. Um, and all all this while is when Ceres catches up to him. It's not like they he caught up to him and like kidnapped the ship while they're still on the planet. Jason's still on the planet, but like <laughs> like the rest of the crew, like unbeknownst to them, well, right? Yeah. Like well they uh they're down on the planet and then I think Ceres comes and then one they beam back up, they're they're all captured because Ceres is on the ship. Yeah, but the, I mean, there's there's still a little bit of time because they have the experience yeah. the pig explosion, and all. well, this is an abbreviated right, yeah, <laughs> summarization yeah, of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I didn't. Uh, bro- I, right oh, I know, I, I know, I know, you didn't. But I mean, just like just looking at like how you know how you know you pull this from online is just incorrectly written as a matter of fact. Uh, I just think it's funny that these people thought that these were historical documents mm-hmm. but as soon as Sarah sees it he immediately knows that it's not yeah like it's it's just like he's he's they, on whatever planet Sarah's is from they have actors and television yeah and these yeah. aliens don't everything is literal yeah it's just like they're they're more advanced it's just it didn't mm-hmm. make any sense to me like how everybody in this universe who's never seen something like this how they already knew that this is fake like <laughs> It's yeah. just how gullible these uh, termites the, are. Yeah, the therm- yeah. Well, <laughs> the thermians are just a very gullible They did race. say the termites, the thermians, that they came from a completely decimated planet, so they had like no hope or anything like to begin with. So when they rebuilt their society, that when they found something, I mean, when you're that desperate and you have absolutely nothing, and that you cling to the one thing of hope and just you know think <laughs> that to be true, I don't know. Psychologically, I'm just yeah. trying to explain it, and it sounds like. This Saris dude seems to be like space pirate. Like he's been around to all the systems. He knows all the shit that goes on in the universe. Yeah, because I'm sure he's seen the same shit. So they they seem they appear to be like a lost like civilization. Like that just is kind of like out of answers. Like don't know where don't know what to do without like help. And they stumble across this cast of characters in a TV show, and they. I don't even know if they really know like it's fake or real or whatever, but they're like, they cling to it and just kind of try to like make it work and, and just like keep hoping. And it kind of, it does end up working in the end. Yeah. 
I do like the uh, the rock character Seth because it just reminds me of the Talus from Breath of the <laughs> exactly. Wild. Like, oh shit, this rock's just going to form together to create this giant monster to crush me. I'm like, okay, this is Breath of the Wild right here. Look for his weak spots. Look for his weak spots. He's a rock. He doesn't have weak spots. <laughs> oh, and then when the rock like drags him along the ground and his shirt falls off, yeah. and then uh, Sigourney Reaver's like, "Great, he found time to take his shirt off again," or something. Like that. Uh, no, that was uh, that was Alan Rickman who said that. Rickman, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It was Rickman said it. Yeah, it's definitely. And your shirt is off. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> managed to take your shirt off. <laughs> A William Shatner callback for sure. Exactly, because every episode William Shatner somehow gets his shirt off. Ceres activates the protector's self-destruct mechanism and returns to the sh- to, to his ship, leaving the Thermians and cast members to die. The humans formulate a plan to abort the self-destruct and defeat Ceres' troop on the ship. Jason communicates with Brandon, a Galaxy Quest fan on Earth, and his er- and his network of friends with intimate knowledge of the show. They talk J- Jason. They talk Jason and Gwen through the ship's core and help. Them aboard the self-destruct sequence. Meanwhile, Alexander leads the Thermians against Cerus forces, and they take control of the Protector. With renewed confidence, the crew challenges Cerus and draws his ship into the magnetic minefield. This time, the Protector drags the magnetic mines into Cerus' vessel, destroying it. Brandon, take out the trash! (laughs) (laughs) That's a great moment in the movie. Like, the fans of the show know more about the show than the actors on the show which is how mm-hmm. uh, Star Trek fans are. They're always like, in episode 13, why did this happen yeah. when in later episodes? <laughs> they did allude to that. It was Somebody was yelling at him like, did you guys even watch the show? <laughs> I think yeah. this guy said it to him, but it's like, <laughs> that's pretty funny. When they land on that planet yeah. in their little vessel and – uh, Tony Shalhoub opens the hatch and he's like, we're on a planet. Is there air? You don't know. <laughs> and he's like, seems fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just experimental. I mean, hell, uh, I do believe, and you can, I don't know if you can quote me on this, but Michael Dorf or Dorn, who played Worf, he he didn't mm-hmm. know any Klingon, but there's act, there's like people out there who yeah. know and can speak Klingon. He has yeah. no yeah. clue, and he's played Worf for how many series? <laughs> for, yeah, so like, you're always going to have that. And, you know, people like uh, the the people who run the conventions and Guy, who was the MC for one of the things, you're going to have those people out there. I'm sure that was kind of true probably in the Marvel universe, too, because a lot of those movies were, like, mostly CGI and how they had to cut mm-hmm. some of those scenes. Like, they have to, like, sit down and <laughs> watch it. To get the full effect that we all get and we see yeah. in that that type of universe, but when you're behind the scenes, you got a giant green screen and fake rocks are being thrown at you, like oh no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, when I think it was, I forget it was if it was uh, Spider-Man or one other character uh, when they came in to film for either Civil War or Infinity uh, Wars, they had no idea what they were filming for. <laughs> They just took a couple, you know, like scenes here and a couple scenes here, and then they're like, "All right, good, you know, it's going your way." And oh, it was yeah. They don't even know what movie they're going. Yeah, be it in. was <laughs> uh, like, oh. Civil Wars before before Spider Man even got any contract for his own movies. So it was like, "Yeah, you're going to play this part in this, you know, you know, 
just do these, you know, kind of you know, scenes. And then he had to see from watching the movie, like what he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was weird. And he had no idea if he was going to get a callback about it. He had no idea. So yeah, I, I get it. I guess the fan in you wants to expect that the person put enough uh, love and interest in the craft as you are doing as a fan. Mm -hmm. And it's unrealistic in some aspects that a person is going to be able to understand something as much as you do if that person's life and soul is not that. Yeah. There's this funny moment during this couple scenes where Jason and Gwen get to that hallway and it's just like those big chompers. (laughs) Yes. Coming down, <laughs> and they're like, "Who designed She's this so shit?" Pissed. <laughs> Who wrote this episode? Why? This episode is yeah. poorly written. Why is this even here? Yeah, because that's just the way it is. Yeah. I just think it's funny. They get to the part, they push the button. He's got to do the trash, and it stops at one. And Gwen's like, "It's always stopped. It always at stopped one. at one." <laughs> <laughs> and when she's like. She sees the chompers, her mouth goes, oh, fuck, but her lip, but the actual voice says, like, oh, shit, because it's a PG-13 movie, and yeah. you're not allowed to say fuck. Well, I thought you got one fuck. I you got you one got... fuck allowed in PG-13s, but that may not have happened in 99, I don't know. I don't yeah. know, but it, her mouth does not match the words. Like, yeah, that's it. what I thought. I thought that was really weird. I like, noticed I that, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think my favorite, but I think that's also kind of a meta thing to like TV shows can't say these words or there's sometimes their uh-huh. lips don't match up. So I wasn't sure if they did it on purpose. It, or it could have been, it could have been on purpose. It sounds like it should have been. Uh, my favorite part about all of this is when they're actually def- uh, formulating this plan. Uh, they're like, you do this, you do this, you do this. He's like, what should I do? Learn to fly. Learn to drive. <laughs> Learn to fly. He's like, all right, cool. And he's like sitting there in front of the computer. <laughs> Watch it. They designed the controls based on what you were doing when you were 12. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. So you're the one that knows how to fly it more than anybody. Yeah. And like everyone's like fighting and dying. He's in there watching like a TV. Like going, I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Should we move on? The protector approaches Earth to bring the humans home. But Ceres, who escaped his ship's destruction ambushes them on the bridge and fatally wounds several crew members jason manages to activate the omega 13 which creates a 13 second time warp to the past giving jason and mathazar a chance to disarm saris before he repeats his attack yeah this part was pretty neat and how they thought no one knows what the Omega-13 is, and there's a fan debate it out there. It could destroy there. the universe. It could destroy the universe, a <laughs> massive explosion, you know, destroy everything. Or there's a theory out there that it could turn back time. So yeah. that was kind of funny that he went with the, the super fan, the Brandon's take on it, and that it's not going to. So the Thermians built this thing based on it being in one episode of a show, and this is it's like it just happens what are the odds <laughs> that that happens like yeah. that they pulled out of it but when you think about it they are super fans of the show so you would trust yeah. the theory of this kid who's geeking out way too yeah. much about it he has the same theory of what the thing does as the people that build it right and it's weird like that's what i was thinking like where do they find this thing because in the show they found it and they brought it on the ship but here they just built it based on one episode yeah, i like, guess <laughs> 
how did they not know what it did if they built it? It's like, yeah, it's based on the cliffhanger finale of, like, there's no uh, result because yeah. the show is canceled. And they, they're just like, oh, I guess this is, we have to put this yeah, in here. like part two, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is where I fell in love with the movie, I think. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's time a time travel. jump. Oh, uh, yeah. This is my favorite movie now. Your time travel. <laughs> <laughs> it was, this was one of my favorite parts when Mathazar, like, was like beating the shit out of uh, Salazar <laughs> or Sar- not Saris, Sorry, Salazar. Where I Salazar? <laughs> Just watch Dead Man <laughs> Tells No Tales. <laughs> I'm like, <"Yeah>, names <laughs> up. Yeah. Uh, was it Henry Bourdain? Is uh... <laughs> oh, uh, Captain Salazar? <laughs> Tell. <laughs> Sparrow. I guess everyone's after Sparrow. I don't understand. <laughs> I know. I just. I thought this was a, a good twist because yeah. it's like, oh shit, he just came up and killed everybody, and then all of a sudden you jump back 13 seconds and the opposite thing happens. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I, it just wasn't ex- what I was expecting. I, right. yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I was not expecting it either. I honestly thought more than 13 seconds has transpired. Yeah, it, it did seem it, it like did that. See, if you count, but, but everything seems like slow motion. motion so like, kind of like, yeah, <laughs> how much time did pass? I yeah. yeah, I just uh, how uh, Mathisar got over there to smack Saris again after he got up. I'm like, why didn't he do that? <laughs> you know, previously, yeah, <laughs> where the commotion was going on. It's like I don't know. It's just kind of funny. All right, uh, the next one here. Says the protector's bridge splits from the main vessel to land the humans on Earth, while the main section departs with Mathazar leading the Thermians. Guided by Brandon and his friends acting as beacons, the protector bridge crashes into a Galaxy Quest convention, conveniently, coming to a stop on the main <laughs> stage. <laughs> the dazed cast emerges to the cheers of the fans, but Ceres reemerges to imperil them again. Jason shoots and obliterates Saris, and the ecstatic crowd assumes it was all a massive display of special effects. The cast basks in the adoration of Brandon, his pals, and their fans. It was a funny scene. It was cool. How much <laughs> budget do you think they have for the like <laughs> all this is special effects, like them crashing into the the right. convention center, yeah. like a definitely defun- freaking out about show killing from a bunch of kids. Ago, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny too. Like he was running out of the house with Roman candles, like in his open in arms. Yeah, what are you doing? And he's explaining to his mom what he's going to do. I gotta save the therapy protector. The... Yeah. And he explains the whole movie in like three seconds. And, <laughs> and she's like, like, "Okay, yeah, at least he's outside." Parents, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, he's outside. <laughs> Dad reading the paper. He was holding it the wrong way. That threw me off. I'm like, ugh. He's clearly doing, that oh, prop. He wasn't down. reading anything. I'm like, uh, he didn't. He was, doing, do he was doing the puzzles. <laughs> the puzzles just. <laughs> Let me do the shake. Everybody does the shake with the newspaper. It's like, yeah, ugh. yeah. The whose parents were like that? Ninety nine. My parents certainly were not like that. Ninety nine. <laughs> A lot of people's parents were like that. Uh, one, the 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 kiss at the end. I hated it. Where like. Yeah, that seemed unnecessary. Yeah, it's like, why does like why does he have to get the girl? Like that doesn't yeah. doesn't play. I, it would have happened if this was a TV show, but it's not a TV show. So why does it? Right. Yeah. It, does, it should not. Like she should smack him or something. He should try to do it, and she like stops it or something. Yeah. Like he well, he's still like pumped up, and he thinks he's part of it. 
It was a TV show, then it really literally became a TV show. Yeah, I think it was kind of going along with those themes, but that's also the theme of every movie back then. The guy gets the girl. Like, crap. Uh, Sometime later, Galaxy Quest is revived. As a sequel series, Galaxy Quest, the journey continues with the cast reprising roles alongside Guy and Alara as new characters. Jane Doe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I guess my question about the revival series, is it just new episodes or like, are they actually like on the ship flying around and with a camera crew or is it just like shot like a regular show? I feel show? like it's, uh, I feel like it's just shot like a regular show, but I almost like have this feeling that you could have used the story of what they went through. It kind of yeah. like told us, you know, mm-hmm. broke it up into like eight episodes or whatever. That'd be my guess. That makes sense. Do we want to skip the cast? We probably should have started with that. <laughs> now that we've talked about it, everything. Yeah. Uh, I guess, like, uh, if you don't know who the, the cast members are, I mean, we've pretty much mentioned them all. We yeah. didn't ever say Daryl Mitchell's name as uh, Tommy That's Weber. True. Oh, right. uh, Or Lieutenant Laredo, I guess. Uh, but we pretty much have mentioned everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess Tony Shalhoub, uh auditioned for Sam Rockwell's role, uh, but uh, they liked him so much they made this role for him or put him in this other role. Yeah. <laughs> Fred Kwan. And, uh, My name's not even I Kwan. never. I just thought he was like a weirdo when I watched the show as a ki- or watched the movie as a kid. I didn't realize he was a stoner until watching it recently. Or it's like, oh yeah, he's high this whole movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, if you've ever seen, I just thought he was a weirdo. You ever saw Monk? Mm-hmm. It's the same damn character. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why they wrote that role specifically for him because they saw. Well, I don't know when Monk started, but it had to be around the same time. It's around, yeah. Except Monk's a germaphobe and he like won't touch things. Right. Still a good show. He's very awkward. It's great. This is probably where I fell in love with Sam Rockwell. I think he's fantastic in, in as this like guy, this guy, guy, and apparently he improvised improvised a lot of his lines from what I read. Hmm. I mean that makes sense. Uh, yeah, that he was good in this. I think he was better in this role than he was as uh, Justin Hammer. I didn't like him in that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Moon's also a good movie. Yes. In Outer Space. I just made that connection as you were saying, wait, Sam Rockwell, he was in another space movie. I'm like, oh shit, he mm-hmm. was the guy in Moon. That was a great movie. Mm-hmm. And Enrico Carlatani, or whatever his name is, as Mathisar. He was uh, on Just Shoot Me and Veronica's Closet. Just the noises they made were great. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Veronica Mars is what I meant, not Veronica's closet. <laughs> and then they, they like the way they clap, yeah. like as if they <laughs> they've heard the noises, but they don't know how to reproduce. Yes, don't know how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so the girl didn't know how to speak English. Like at first, was that her just transmitter like, her- was broken? Yeah. Her transmitter, yeah, like oh, well, okay. they actually look like weird squid aliens. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yes. it was yeah. Miss Missy Pyle, is her name. The girl, yeah. she was the Russian uh, dodgeball player in the mm-hmm. movie Dodgeball. Yes. 
I knew she looked familiar. I'd seen her before. Mm. Yeah, she was uh, she was in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the the Johnny Depp version. Yeah, she's one of the parents. Yep, she was the mom, and one of the kids. Uh, she was in Jumanji, uh, the newer one. one. No, yeah. the newer one. She was one of the coaches, like one of the teachers. Mm. I haven't seen those. Like the second one, where you actually see more people. Welcome to the Jungle? Yeah, no. that one, yeah. A new next level? Oh, I guess Welcome oh, to the Jungle yeah. was the next first level. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm scrolling through her IMDb right now, because she's very, like, her. she's very noticeable. Oh, she was two and a half men. She, uh, in a couple episodes, uh, that she was Dolores. We got to talk about the official website. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you, there's, I'm just opening it up right now. It's like archived because the website doesn't exist anymore. But uh, the film is one of the earliest to have its own internet domain website, galaxyquest.com, which now you can find on the Wayback Archive, which is this uh, long domain. I'll probably put it in the show notes. But uh, rather than being a polished, like, part of the marketing campaign like the current you would you would expect from current movies uh the site is in keeping with the film's fandom theme was deliberately designed to look like a fan created page uh celebrating the tv show and it just looks exactly like a fan page from back in the late 90s like the angel hosting or whatever yeah angel fire fire, yes GeoCity. Grab Thar's toolbox. In-depth analysis of the five favorite analyzes for their deeper symbolism and meaning. Been here. There is like uh, episode breakdowns of episodes of the show that never existed, but the, the, there's like 10 episodes that he like breaks down on, on this this fan. This on is this awesome. <laughs> so cool. Dude, God, take Direct hit. My sexy <laughs> interview with Gwen DeMarco. <laughs> Ooh, a screensaver. I want this. Yes. Netscape now down here at the bottom. Internet Explorer 3.0. <laughs> That's great. The exclusive quick time movie. Mumbo Jumbo. That is awesome. I love the the website counter too. You're the five hundred thousand two hundred <laughs> yes. person. I don't know. You guys got to check this website out. It's so you cool. You probably can find it just by typing like Galaxy Quest in like Google. The yeah, official website or something. It. It's uh, archive.org has it. <laughs> Up in the title bar, it says, Welcome to Travis Lotke's Galaxy Quest Vaults. <laughs> <laughs> Late breaking news. This is not a joke. <laughs> a bunch of planets are aligning this May for the first time in 6,000 years. Nostradamus wrote about it. It's almost like Heaven Gates yeah. uh, website. Some people think the aliens will beam down from the sky. Oh, I like the huge party outside of Area 51. There you go. <laughs> this is uh, in the big, 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 big news. Like the little section, that picture is a shot for shot picture of an actual uh, still from the uh, original series. Uh, TV show, or it looks like it, with uh, Spock and uh, mm-hmm. William Shatner as a like on one of the planets. Yeah, I don't know if you remember the cult Heaven's Gate. Yes, from the nineties. 
But if you go to heavensgate.com, that's their official website. It still exists. Uh, it looks almost exactly like this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Holy shit, it is. It's the same. It's the same website. <laughs> it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep, I Big see fan. Alright, um, as you guys browse that... <laughs> <laughs> learn anything don't drink the kool-aid and oh, damn wear your adidas in bed guys i missed the ship what the hell <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a sequel series that almost uh was came to fruition but alan rickman sadly died in 2017 uh the plans were revived in august 2017 with the announcement that paul Shear would be writing the series Speaking to Slash Film, he said that drafts were submitted to Amazon in November. He wanted to create a serialized adventure that starts where the film ends but leads into the cultural shift in Star Trek that occurred since the 90s. Or since, uh, and uh, I just wanted to capture the difference between the original Star Trek and the J.J. Abrams cast of Star Trek. To that end, sheer initial script called for two separate casts that would come together by the end of the first season of the show, though we did not confirm if this included any of the original cast members. Following this dismissal of Amy Powell as president of Paramount in July 2018, Shear said the Galaxy Quest series had been put on hold while Paramount manages to be uh, being reestablished but anticipated the show would continue forward after that. He also said they were making the series to allow for the introduction of new characters while expanding the setting, similar to Force Awakens did with The New Hope. And then there was also a Galaxy... or a Never Surrender, a Galaxy Quest documentary that came I think out a few years ago, which is pretty cool. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it goes... In, that documentary goes into a lot of detail of, like, how the all the steps it took to finally get this movie created and then just like the fandom behind it, how it kind of mirrors like the, the movie is about fandom of a movie. And then there are fans of that movie. (laughs) It it, it kind of like mirrors itself in a way. They don't understand how there's people dressed up as Thermians because the Thermians are a fan of a show and they're the fan of that show with that features. Those people are just very meta. (laughs) Right. Meta before meta was even a word. It's just, it's just so good. I think it's just like it's also it didn't get a lot of press or a lot of a lot of people didn't latch on because it's before its time. It's kind of before the internet, before mm-hmm. like all this type of stuff existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like if it like came out now, and... yeah, it would have been massive. I mean, the idea, the premise of the movie would work today to a greater extent. Yeah. So that's why I feel like a sequel or like a continuation or a remake i mean hell if uh seth mcfarland can come out with orville like galaxy quest yeah. would blow that shit out of the water for sure <laughs> i could see him redoing a movie but with a little bit of the old cast and just kind of like yeah. retell it with the new series just kind of pick up i don't know i could see it working but you're right with alan rickman passing i mean you can't you just can't have the same cast. They'd have to make That's cameo appearances like they'd be at the convention center, you know, in the background or something like that, but they couldn't be like main roles. I think there's a way they could do it where they comment on the fact that the main character has died and they replaced him, but he doesn't quite fit in or right. just like he doesn't understand. Like 
they already went to space and he's like out ca- like, yeah, cuz he true. wasn't there yeah, he'd be or something like British. that he can you know go <laughs> yeah. on he's like this is real good in it <laughs> or he could be like the 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 like the new star trek or new star wars he's like the new character that's brought in to mm-hmm. like bring in a younger crowd but then like um Tim Allen's now the Han Solo who's regulated to just like a father figure, like not even a main character anymore. Yeah. That'd be fun. There's stuff they could do. They could definitely do it. And I, I think it would be successful. So the Amazon finally picks this back up. Cause there's a whole or new like, like satire that they could do now with all this nerdy stuff. That's now like the accepted norm. There's so many super fans out there now. Yeah. And they can comment on like the streaming services, exactly. like how Star Trek exists on CBS.com now or whatever, and like is revived through all these streaming shows. But this will also be a streaming show, so it's like a meta thing where this is a streaming show, but it's commenting on how streaming yes. shows exist. And now with the new Paramount streaming coming out, so I could see him doing something. Yeah. Like Please do this. There's so much they could do. <laughs> do. Let's write right, it, boys. Just kidding. <laughs> I'll write it like like I did my uh, Super Mario Bros. movie sequel. Yes. Still waiting for that one to get picked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good idea. All right. Any last comments we need to get off our chest? Uh, never give up. Never surrender. <laughs> By Rathtar's hammer, Galaxy Quest shall uh, be revenged. Galaxy Quest should be revenged. <laughs> I have one job on this ship. And that's to repeat what the computer says. And by God, I'm going to do it. But it's it's a stupid job. job. <laughs> I'm going to do it to the best of my abilities. Oh, so good. <laughs> until next time. So until next time. Until next time. Drink up. Until drink next up time. Drink up. Drink up. Until next time. To beyond. <laughs> we all did it. Infinity. And beyond. <laughs> to, infinity to infinity and never surrender. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Or <laughs> 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 <laughs>